Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. I'm just uh, simply calling this under construction. Under construction. Um, we, we're, we're talking about for the next number of weeks the reality that every single one of us, we are a work in progress. Every single one of us, we are under construction. Matter of fact, someone say it with me, say under construction. construction. We're we're under construction. And we're going to look at for three or three or four weeks, I don't know how long, we're going to look at three verses. And so here's my challenge to you. Uh, If you take me up on this challenge, I was going to like make you a promise, but I don't know if I can keep the promise. I was going to offer you like money or candy or a new like iPod, but I don't, I can't do that. Um, so I'll just challenge you. I would encourage you, challenge you to memorize the three passages that we're, we're, we're going to be looking at. We're going to look at the same three passages every single week in this study. And I'd encourage you to memorize these passages to get it in your heart. Something about getting God's word in your heart that makes a difference. And uh, we're, we're going to be talking about how we're all works in progress and how all of us, we need God to keep working and keep doing his work in our life because, again, we're, we're works in progress. I want to read you two scriptures uh, just from the jump. They're two of the scriptures we're going to look at every single week, and it'll kind of set a, a stage for us to what we want to talk about. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 is the first one. Uh, would seriously encourage you to memorize the scripture. But Hebrews 10, 14, it says this. It says, for by one offering, by one sacrifice, by one offering, he has perfected. Look at your neighbor and say, you are perfect. You're, you're perfect, man. You're, you're so perfect. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being, being in process, those who are being sanctified, those who are being sanctified. This is driving me bonkers. Is it supposed to be like that? That's, I feel like it's tilted the wrong way. It's driving me crazy. Um, the, by one offering, he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. Here's what Hebrews says. The, 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 the sacrifice that Jesus made has made you in God's eyes perfect. Brandon, like, no, 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 you don't know what I did last summer. I'm definitely not Perfect. Well, hold on. Let me explain something to you because it's kind of important. Uh, The Bible says the moment we gave our life to Jesus that we've been covered by him. So like if you read your Bible, you'll read a lot of times there's this little phrase, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Uh, Silly example. I just thought of it. Um, I'm the king of like unprepared illustrations. Um, Let let me see your pen, bro. It's a nice pen. Thank you so much. I need an object. All right. So this Sharpie S gel 10. Dang. Fancy smancy. This pen right here. You, can you see this pen? What color is this pen? Black. Okay, it's black pen. All right, whoops. The black represents the sin. That's, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so if I take this pen and I put it in my pocket, you don't see the pen anymore. What do you see? The, the pocket or the pants or, yeah, whatever it's in. The Bible says your life has been placed in Christ. So when, when God looks at you, when, when God thinks about you, when God sees you, he doesn't see you for your behavior. He doesn't see you for what you have or have not done. What he sees is the perfection of his son, Jesus. Because Jesus lived a perfect life, 
and then he fulfilled God's law and took upon himself our sin, we've been made righteous or perfect in God's sight. However, someone say however, this verse says, even though your identity, who you are, anyone in here, you got a J-O-B, you got a job, like say you got a J-O-B at Chick-fil-A, God's most holy temple. Like if you, you go to Chick-fil-A, you get a job there. Um, you, you could get the uniform first day and your identity is you're an employee of Chick-fil-A. You got the uniform. Let's go. You look like you're about to tell someone my pleasure. Chick-fil-A for life. But, but, it, but on your first day, how many of you know that you're, you're still training, right? Like you're still learning. The Bible goes, even though your identity is you've been perfected, you're still being sanctified or being made holy. All that word, work mean, word means is that you're in process of growing. You're in process of your identity is this, but you're growing. God is working in you and he's helping you to catch up to who you now are in Christ. Does that make sense? My, my preaching to anybody? Okay, ne next scripture, look at this one. Philippians 1.6, because these two verses are going to set the stage. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has began, that was dramatic, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Here, here's what the Bible says that God, he started something in you. Someone say started. started. He started something in you. The fact that you're sitting in here tonight the, the, the fact that if you're here and you've given your life to Jesus, that you had a moment that you said, I want to follow you, I need you, God has started something in you. He started something. However, the Bible says that he has begun a good work and he is faithful to complete it. In other words, every single one of us, we are a work in progress. We are under construction. Someone say under construction. Under. We're under construction. Now, here's what I know about construction projects. I'm not a contractor. I can't build anything. But here's what I know. Some construction projects get complete. Some don't get complete. Some construction projects, they go quick. They go fast. Some construction projects, they go slow. I mean, we live in a city. We live in an area, no matter where you live, whether it's Charlotte, Fort Mill, Rock Hill, that is continually growing. Have you ever seen a, like a house or a subdivision get built like that before? Like, so my, my family, we live in Rock Hill, and I feel like I went all of two days without being in downtown Rock Hill. And I recently went to downtown Rock Hill, and I'm like, where did all these buildings come from? I promise you, this whole apartment was not here like 24 hours ago. That was quick. But then, because we live in an area where things are always being built and developed, can, can you think of any areas or any things you've seen that's like, and that's, it's taking forever. They started that. They, and it's taking forever. Like uh, the Chick-fil-A on Cherry Road. Will you please hurry up and open the Chick-fil-A because we need, we need God's food. But like some construction goes fast, some construction goes slow. Some gets complete and some just gets incomplete. Can, can I ask a question tonight? The work that God is doing in your life, or let me say this, the work God's trying to do in your life, is, is, is it going fast or is it going slow? Is, is, is the work that God is doing in you, is it, is it making progress or is it stalled out? 
Is, are there areas that God is trying to develop? He's trying to complete. He's trying to work in you that, that, that it's happening or are there areas that it's just left uncomplete because you're unwilling to comply or cooperate? See, the reality is that all of us are under construction. Every single one of us are a work in progress. However, the degree that we see God do in and through our life, what he wants to do, it's determined by you and I. Now, I want to talk about in this series a couple different mindsets, mindsets that we have to have if we're going to see God's work in our life be done. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it's the passage that we are going to be reading for the next number of weeks, and we're going to be, be pulling things out of here that uh, I think are going to be really helpful for us. Uh, it says this, reading from the New King James Version, Philippians 3.13, Paul writes, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Therefore, let us as, that's 15, I think we skipped 14. Did we skip 14, 12, 13, 14? Can we make it back? I read 14. I press, where do we start, 12 or 13? We start in 13? Thank you so much, Nicholas. Let's go back to 13. Let's get a running start because I'm confused now. Uh, all right, starting in verse 13. I promise you, I thought it was, oh, in my notes, I wrote 12. I apologize. All right, Philippians 3.13, here's what it says. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 13, 14, I mean, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, and let us, I love this phrase, listen to this. As many as are mature. Someone say mature. 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 So Paul is telling you, he's showing us what maturity looks like. I don't know about you, but I want to be spiritually mature. I don't care so much about actually being mature because I think it's fun to be a kid um, and it's fun to not act your age sometimes, but spiritually, I want to be spiritually mature. And he's saying that, let us, as many are mature, have this mindset. Paul is giving us mindsets that, that equate to or reveal whether you have spiritual maturity or not. And by the way, what we're going to see is they are not the things that you think they are. Because when, when you think of spiritual maturity, what do you think about? If I were to say, hey, 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 bro, come here. Um, yes or no, are you a spiritually mature person? A lot of us would probably be like, oh, no, definitely not. I'm definitely not spiritually mature. Because when we think spiritual maturity, here's what we think. I know a lot of scripture. I pray for like seven hours a day like Sebastian does. Um, I haven't, you know, eaten in seven weeks because I've been fasting before the Lord. Um, every morning I get up and I, I have a globe in my room and I spin it and I pray for the nations and I intercede for all the different people that don't have food and are less privileged than me. And, and I, I've never sinned, actually. Um, the only TV that I watch, I only watch, um, not the Disney Channel. Nope, I've canceled Disney. I've, uh, they're, they're dead to me. I only watch things like The Chosen, The Passion of the Christ. And um, usually I spend my Friday nights at Life 
Lifeway Christian Bookstore, just perusing, perusing, I mean, just the books that could, we're like spiritual maturity, we think of that guy. And we go, I'm not spiritually mature. But, but what Paul defines as spiritual maturity is not that at all. See, the, the first mindset that I want you to see tonight, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down, just this thought, that maturity is really humility. What, what Paul opens with, and it's what, what I want you to see, verse 13, go to Philippians 3.13. It's kind of where we're really going to land tonight. Philippians 3.13, he starts by saying, brethren, I don't count myself. Someone say myself. myself. Quick question. How do you view yourself? What, what, what's the way that you, that you think about you? What's your opinion of yourself? Paul, Paul goes, I don't know what you think about me, but I'll just say, I don't count myself as to have apprehended. I, I, listen, I don't think about myself as having arrived. Pause real quick. This is the Apostle Paul. Do you know who the Apostle Paul is? In case you don't, let me give you quick facts. The Apostle Paul, he wrote three quarters of the New Testament. So much of, even if you don't know it, so much of what you believe about Jesus, your theology, your view of God, it's been informed by Paul. Paul is one of the main architects that God used to, to cause the gospel to spread throughout the world. Paul is one of the main architects that, that wrote down theology and doctrine and understanding of who God is. And Paul, of all people, I'm like, nah, dog, you've arrived. Like, the, Paul's the guy that he gets a vision. He's about to go to this city to preach the gospel where it's never been preached before, and he gets a vision. Hey, you're going to go there? Not only will they not follow you on Instagram, not only are they not going to give you any likes, they will not subscribe to your channel, but they're going to beat you and imprison you to the point that you'll almost die. It's like, cool, man, let's go. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Have, do you have a friend that you're always trying to get to not do stuff? Do you have that friend that you're like, no, 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 bad idea. Ba ba funny, but ba hold on, let me, let me record it real quick. Um, everyone's like, no, don't do it, bro. Like, you know what awaits you. And he goes, no, 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 are you kidding me? My life, I don't consider it to be my own. My life belongs to him, and I will go wherever he, he. I look at Paul, and I'm like, bro, if one person's arrived, like as far as like sacrificing it for God, being devoted to God, knowing, like it's Paul. And Paul is going, hey, what, listen, one thing I know, I do not count myself as to have arrived. In other words, Paul goes, I don't have it all together. I don't know it all. I don't see it all. I don't understand it all. I am not perfect. I, I, I in no way have, have, have got to this arrival point of, of per no, no, no. I am, I'm, I'm not there yet. See, what I want you to see tonight more than anything, if you don't leave with anything else, what I want you to see is that spiritual maturity, it's humility. Verse 15, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself, but Philippians 3, 15, listen to what Paul says. He goes, therefore, let us as many as are mature, have this mindset. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. In other words, a better translation uh, that maybe we should have used, like the NLT or the NIV, says this, hey, spiritual maturity 
It's this way of thinking. And by the way, if you don't agree with me, Paul goes, in time, you'll get there. Like, it's the ultimate pat on the head, like, everyone who's mature thinks like this. And if you don't agree, oh, that's so cute, buddy. You'll get there one day. Because spiritual maturity, it is it, it's humility. If you're taking notes, write this down. The title of this message I want to preach tonight is simply this. I don't have it all together, and that's okay. I don't have it all together, and that's okay. Okay, anybody besides from me, one of your greatest fears is looking stupid in front of people. Uh, did you know that one of, the, one of the number one fears that people have is public speaking? Anyone you would say you are petrified of public speaking. Like if I were to be like, hey man, like, hey, like come on up here, you'd, you'd be like, oh yeah. Like public speaking is one of people's number one fears. I remember, I think I've told the story before, the first time I ever got asked to preach. Camden, did you want to come up here and, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, Jeremiah, I was messing with you. One of the first times I got asked to preach was at a camp. And um, I was so nervous. I was so scared that like 30 minutes before I went to the youth pastor and I'm like, hey, yo, Pastor Jason, Pastor Jason, I don't know what happened, man. I got real sick. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know. And I lied. I lied through my teeth and pretended to be sick because I was so petrified of standing in front of people and looking stupid in front of people. One of the things that, that I've noticed is that for most of us, now if you don't fall into this category, we applaud you. You're amazing. Pray for the rest of us. But, but I've noticed that most people, they think that maturity is like not needing help. They think that maturity is like, no, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 I don't need any help. I'm good. Um, one of the ways that I know that this is one of the most immature ways to be is because I have kids. And all of my kids, including my four-year-old Graham, the wild man, he never wants help for anything he actually needs help with. The, the other day, he was trying to get a bowl of cereal, and um, the cereal's like, I don't know, seven feet higher than him, and the milk is like, I don't know, 13 feet higher than him, and it, the milk's too heavy for him, and I'm like, let me get it for you. No, I, I can do it. I'm a big boy. I can do it. And so I'm kind of watching him, and, and he's like trying to like scale the pantry. Like, I can, the most immature thing we can do is go, I'm I'm good. Because the reality is that every single one of us, we are under construction. But something in us, something in us that doesn't want to look dumb, I don't, I don't want to look stupid, I, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing, something in us that takes this posture that goes, I'm good, man. No, no, I'm, I'm totally good. I don't need help. I'm fine. Be, because even if we do need, need help internally, we're like, it's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out on my own. Why? Because we want to appear. We want to come across like, I'm, I'm good. I don't need any help. No, 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 no. I'm, I have it all together. But the reality is, for every single one of us, we are a work in progress. The reality is, I do not have it all together, and that's okay. As a 34-year-old man who is a pastor and a husband and a father who's been serving Jesus for maybe longer than you've been alive, can I just say, I don't have it all together, and that's okay. Because 
Maturity is not arrival maturity, it's humility. I want to give you three thoughts tonight to, to, to why you need this mindset. And by the way, um, when I give you these thoughts, they may hit home. And I would encourage you just to like receive it and not reject it because God, God wants to speak to you. God wants to do something tonight. Give you three thoughts why this mindset of humility matters. Number one, write this down. Because if you don't have this mindset, number one, you will stop receiving. You'll stop receiving. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 5. It says, a fool, Proverbs 12, 5, a fool It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Let me. That is not what the verse said in my head. <laughs> Who talk about that fear of public speaking, looking yeah. stupid in front of people? Whew, I'm starting to sweat up here. Hey Isaiah, you can shut it. That's what we get. Just kidding. Come on, come on. Uh, I promise you that verse. When I looked at it this morning, it said something different. Have you ever imagined that a verse says something different because you want it to say something? Um, my goodness, what translation did I look at that? My, okay, Let, let's just, we'll read it. Because uh, the Bible is good, right? The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsel of the wicked are deceitful. That's true, okay? That's, that's facts. The counsel of the wicked are deceitful. That's facts. There's another scripture. I don't know where it is. Apparently, it's not Proverbs 12.5, but here's what it says. I'll Google it later. Text me. I'll give it to you. But it says that, that, that a fool is always right in his own eyes. That a fool always thinks he's right, but the godly or the wise, they're willing to receive counsel. 12.15. Thank you, my man. 12.15. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of the fool, thank you, bro, that's really actually helpful. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes. Think about that for a second. The way of foolish people making decisions with mindsets and patterns and thought. The way of the foolish person, they're right in their own eyes. He who heeds counsel is wise. Do you, do you know one of the number one things that will happen when you don't realize that maturity really is humility and you don't, you don't realize that you're a work in progress and you don't have it all together is you'll stop receiving. You, you'll stop receiving kind of from, from God but you'll stop receiving from the people that God sends you. Did you know that most of, most of what God will speak to you, it comes through other people? Now, I, no, no, don't get me wrong, I'm not marginalizing. Like we should spend time with God, can I get an amen? Like we, we, we should spend time reading the Bible. We should spend time in prayer. And the things that God will, will, will speak to us and we're worshiping and like that's real. But can I tell you that so much of how God works in our life, he uses other people. A lot of times people that we don't want to receive from, like our parents, like pastors, like leaders, like good friends who are giving us good advice that we don't, we don't want to hear. So much of what God does in our life, he does through other people. And when we, when we think we have it all together and we think that, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm fine, we, we, we stop receiving. Number two, they're all going to build on each other. Number two is not only do we stop receiving, but we push away the right people. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.1, 
a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. Have, have you ever really, really wanted to do something or to go somewhere and you specifically don't ask your parents because you already know what they're going to say? Like, have, have you ever wanted to do something and you specifically don't tell that person because you know what they're going to say? The, the Bible says that a man who isolates himself, a, a, a man who, who pushes people away, what, he, he does it because he wants what he wants. No, 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 no. I, I don't re, remember they're building on each other. I don't receive anymore. I don't really receive from God anymore. I don't really receive from other people that God's bringing in my life anymore. I don't really want to hear what people have to say. I'm not receiving anymore because I'm, I, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm right in my own eyes. And so I'm going to push away the right people. When, when, when you get this attitude or this mindset that you feel like you've arrived and you feel like you know it all, you start pushing people away that God sends. And lastly, number three, I know we're going quick but, but I, I want these to stack, is, is you get stuck. Number one is you'll stop receiving. Number two is you'll push the right people away. And number three is you will get stuck. I love this scripture because it's so true, yet so gross. Proverbs 26, uh, 11 says this. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Anybody, do you have a dog? Do, do, you, do you have a dog? Um, have you ever seen your dog eat his own vomit before? Is this like anyone's like willing to like, I, I'm, I hate cats. I'm not a cat person. And that almost makes me want to hate dogs too. That's disgusting. But, but, but the Bible, the Bible goes as gross and as weird and as unexplainable as a dog throwing up. And being like, Ooh, that's good soup. being like, but like, you know what? Actually, that's that, that actually might be some good soup right there. That's <laughs> like, I've watched my dog do this before, and like I know dogs do that, but I'm still sitting there like, what is wrong with you? You you disgust me. What like why? The Bible goes in the same way. In the same way that a dog throws up and goes back to it, a foolish person repeats his folly. In other words, a foolish people, foolish person keeps making the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? There you go. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. I know that sometimes the Bible can maybe be hard to understand or hard to figure out what exactly it's talking about, but let me just tell you that the Bible is simple math. Any mathematicians in the house? Like, you're really good at math, anybody? You're really good at math. That's crazy. You're really good at math. I'm not a mathematician. Like, what's the highest level of math that you have mastered? Algebra 2, 6th grade. Thank you. Me too, honestly. Um, algebra 2, okay, what's the highest level of math that you've mastered? Yeah, like, like, you, like you're like, yeah, I, I get that. Calculus. Uh, I guess maybe. Yeah, calculus. Trig tr I can't even say trigonometry. That, that's, that's right there. Tegan, are you amazing at math? Pa Pastor Glenn, are you amazing at math? Yes. I'm, I'm not amazing at math. 
I, I, I add some of all the, all the time that's wrong. The Bible is simple math. The, the, God's kingdom is simple math. It is one plus one will always equal two. Three plus three will always equal five. Just kidding. Come on, it's six. I know that. It's, 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 it's simple math. In other words, the, the, the Bible, the reason it's so valuable for our life is because God's given us his word to go, oh, so this way of thinking it always leads me here. Oh, so this, this, this behavior, th- this is where it goes. Oh, so if I cross this line, this is where it leads. Wait a minute. So this, this tastes sweet when I'm eating it, but it's bitter in my stomach. Oh, there's a way that seems right to me. But at the end, it, no, and over and over again, the Bible says that it's been proven, it's been tested, it's been tried, and that what God has said will always play itself out. Like, like I, I have to, to be careful sometimes, to be honest, to, to not allow my heart to grow calloused, to not, 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 not allow myself to be like, well, you know, be, because so often I see people live Live, live their life making decisions, having mindsets, living in, in patterns and characteristics, and then being boggled at the results. Everything's not working out for me. Everything's terrible. My life is falling apart. And if I'm not careful, pre- preacher man, I'm, I'm kind of like, one plus one equals two. Three, three plus three equals five. Like, I just, like, it's because, because the Bible's simple math. Now, how, how are all these stacking or, or, or going together? Well, I want you to see this because for some of you tonight, this, this could be, could, could be life-changing, although that sounds very dramatic, but it could be that when, when I think that I know it all, when I think that I have it all together, when I think that, that I've already arrived to a certain point and I stop receiving, even when God tries to say something, show me something new, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. Amen. I've, I've been there, done that, heard it all. When I stop receiving, I end up pushing away the people that God's trying to bring into my life. God's, for some of you, God's trying to bring people into your life to help you, to lead you, to encourage you, to direct you, to deposit something in you for your future that you need, but you're pushing them away. I, I don't, I don't want to hear what they have to say. I don't want to get around that person because I already know what they're going to say. I know they're not going to be okay with me. And so I stop receiving. I start pushing people away. And then what happens is I get stuck. You ever felt stuck before? You ever felt like you're literally just in a loop? And you desperately want things to change in your life. You desperately want to not be the same person. You desperately don't want to keep ending up at the same result, but you feel like your whole life, you're just living, living in a circle. So many people get stuck because they're unwilling to change. So many people get stuck because they think they already know everything because they think they've already arrived, because they think they've already found some sort of spiritual or some sort of maturity that I don't need God or anybody else to tell me. And Paul goes, oh, you've got it so wrong. I say, you can come play if you want. You've got it so wrong. 
because maturity, someone say maturity. Maturity is not having it all together. Maturity is not having all the answers. Maturity is not having life. For, for some of you, you got to take the pressure off your shoulders to have life figured out right now. You got to take the pressure off your shoulders to have your situation and circumstance figured out. But that's not maturity. Paul says, Philippians 3.13, he says, oh, I don't count myself to have arrived. I don't count myself to have apprehended at all. I No, no not, not at all. I, I don't have it all together. I don't, I don't know it all. I don't see it all. I don't understand it all. One thing I do, someone say one thing. We're going to talk about this next week. Come on, like you mean it. Say one thing. One thing. He said, one thing I do, though, forget yesterday I put my past behind me and I just take steps forward in other words the the one thing I do the thing that equates spiritual maturity the thing that that really shows that I'm making progress is that I'm humble and open not living in in yesterday or even in I'm, I'm going God I need to grow God I want to go forward God, God, I need you to teach me. I need you to show me. God, I need you to lead me and guide me and correct me. I need you to expose the things in me that are not right. I need you, God, to correct the areas in me that are, that are crooked right now. God, I need you. Paul goes, this is, this is maturity. Can, can, can I encourage us tonight as, as we close in a moment? that we would stop and we would consider for a minute. God, what's my, what's my posture really? But by, by, by the way, a, a good litmus test for your posture is, is not how you want to be. Because I don't know about you, but I always want to be the person that I'm, I'm still trying to be, if that makes sense. So I'm like, oh no, man, I'm super humble. I'm super humble. Oh, yeah, man. I'm like, true true story. I, I literally just thought of this. And, and I laugh. I don't know why I didn't put it in my notes. T- today, I was sitting at my kitchen table, and uh, Jenny was getting ready to leave to go pick up our kids for school, and I'm finishing these notes, and I'm, I'm typing my sermon about humility, about not having it all together, about not acting like you know it all, and you see it all, and you have, just typing these sermons. I'm like, God, this is, this is good stuff. This is, and and Jenny goes, hey, question for you. Uh, winter camp. What, what are you guys charging? What? Oh, uh, the price is going to be such and such. She goes, oh. Um, she goes, you know, I was thinking, you, you, what if you did X, Y, and Z so, so you could change the budget? And I literally said, who's the one that's been doing camp for like 15 years? And she's like, never mind. And, and as soon as I put my head back down, I'm like, and there's the test. The test is not me going, God, I don't have it all together. No, I, I, I kind of know that. The, the test is, what was your response the last time God brought someone to correct you? What was your response the last time your mom or your dad tried to sit you down and, and tell you something you didn't want to hear? 
What was your response the last time your teacher or your coach tried to pull you aside to, to teach you something? See, the test is the response. Because all of us can sit here and go, yeah, I know, man. I don't have it all together. I'm still. But the test is tomorrow when you, when you get up and your dad or your mom goes, hey, can I talk to you real quick? I, I want to. And the response of your heart that goes, oh, no, I'm good. I'm I don't want to live like that because the moment I start living like that, God, I'm not receiving anymore. I'm actually pushing people away that you're sending to help me. I can't see it right now. But the moment I stop receiving and the moment I start pushing people away, I end up living life in a loop. I end up living life where I just keep on repeating the same decisions and the same patterns and the same habits and nothing is changing nothing is moving because God I'm not receiving from you and I'm not growing and I'm not learning new things that you want to show me and I want us to have a spirit and a heart that says God I'm a humble if 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 a four-year-old tomorrow came up to me and was like hey Mr. Isaac can I tell you I, I want to have a heart that goes God if there's anything in there that I could receive, I want to receive it. God, I know I don't really want to hear my mom right now about the same thing we've been talking about for six months. But God, maybe we've been talking about it for six months because you're trying to show me something. Maybe there is, God, help me to receive. Help me to be humble, God. Help me to not push away the people you're trying to bring. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.